Let's go. Welcome to the Let's Go Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Heath of Project Hockey. And with me, as usual, is... Heath Cannon, Elevated Hockey. Uh, this was a pretty cool episode. I, got, I can't lie, man. I'm, I'm excited to have people listen to this one. Today, we had a chance to talk to Mr. Nathan Gerby, currently playing for the Columbus Blue Jackets in the NHL. Uh, it was pretty awesome. Got to hear all about his story and his path. A little, you know, I thought it was great that he really talked about his... his uh, consistency and you know staying with the same youth club his entire career and jumping from level to level and, and the importance of confidence and mindset while doing that so I'm, i was pumped for it it was a great conversation Peter, what did you think well i was honored that he came on the podcast um just with him being american-born hockey player and both of us being american-born hockey players it was cool to to have him on and if you listen long enough when he talks about how bizarre belief can take you and how how much that weighed in on his career, it it uh, it brought me a little goosebumps, and it, it was something that I think every youth hockey player, junior hockey player, college, probably guys in the NHL, and definitely coaches of all ages, can take away something from this interview and become better, whatever whatever they are and wherever they're at in their life. And so, I was I was excited. Um, it's one that I'm going to listen to over and over again, and I got nothing else. I I want to get this going. What about you? I'm with you, man. It was cool. It's a great, uh, and he's got an inspirational story and a lot of great uh, advice. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing some of the feedback once people give it a listen. So without that, let's let's get into it. Let's go. Let's go. This interview was brought to you by HockeyWolf.com. Check out HockeyWolf.com for all things hockey. They are a fantastic brick and mortar and online retailer. They've got everything you need from skates and sticks to shower slips and hoodies. If you love the game of hockey, you got to check out HockeyWolf.com. And for all of you coaches and organizational leaders out there, don't forget to check out Hockey Wolf's team sales option on their website. Next time your team needs helmets or gloves, sticks, skates, jerseys, go to HockeyWolf.com. Get everything that you need so that your guys and girls are ready to hit the ice. Go check them out. Go support Hockey Wolf because they support us. That's H-O-C-K-E-Y-W-O-L-F.com. Born in Oxford, Michigan, played his youth hockey for Detroit Honey Baked. Played in the USHL for the Omaha Lancers as a sophomore in high school. He then played for the U.S. National Team Development Program before joining the Boston College Eagles, where he won a national championship in 2008 and was named the tournament's most outstanding player after he scored five goals in the final two games. Let's go. Silver and gold medal in back-to-back years at the U18 World Championship. Bronze medal at the World Juniors. Draft pick of the Buffalo Sabres in debut on December 6, 2008 in a huge win over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Holds the Sabres franchise record for fastest two goals, tucking two only five seconds apart. Not bad for less than a minute's work. Let's go. 400 National Hockey League games and counting. Standing at five foot four, making him the shortest, second shortest player to ever play in the NHL. Changing the way hockey is played by breaking the NHL stereotype. Nathan Gerby, welcome to the Let's Go Hockey podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you. Hope everyone's staying safe and you know, I'm grateful to come on the podcast and talk about hockey. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. Thanks for taking the time out of your day. And, uh, you know, the goal of today is, is we want to learn a little bit more about your story and, and hopefully be able to yep. transfer some uh, advice or some knowledge down to the coaches and players and parents that are listening to try to help them improve their game and, and see the successes you've had and mimic that. So, uh, 
with that, why don't we get right into it, if you, if you don't mind, Nathan. Why don't you explain a little bit about your background, uh, hockey-wise, where you're from, and, and Peter already went over some of them, but name some of those spots along the path and what brought you up to the NHL. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I grew up, like like you said, in Oxford, Michigan. I played for Honey Baked Youth Hockey my whole my whole tenure in youth hockey, so I never switched teams like everybody else did in the Detroit area. So, so I stayed with Honey Baked. I, I loved it. Um, a lot of good teams and, and a lot of good exposure in the Detroit area. And, you know, it, making each step is just, it's just hard work that goes along with it. And I think it's, it's dedication that you want to put into it. So, so I was fortunate enough to get, get an opportunity to jump into to the USHL and try to take advantage of that at such a young age and, you know, getting the opportunity to play at the national program with some of the, some of the best players in the nation of, of our age group was super beneficial for me to learn and also for me to grow as a person and a player. And, you know, coming to Boston College was, you know, probably what changed me most as a as a person and a player. And I think that's where I kind of started really finding my own and, and, and finding who, who I was at that time. And yeah, I guess that's right there, making, making the jump to the NHL after that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you talk about, because um, I played in the AAA midget minor, midget major system growing up. And there was a lot of swapping of teams, even in the Phoenix area, just kind of bouncing around and it's pretty unique when somebody says you played, I mean, I, 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 I knew that, but I, I guess I didn't realize how unique that was. And it's cool that you were able to make the jump right into the USHL as a sophomore. That's, that's comparable to when guys get exceptional status in the OHL and the Q uh, at such a young age playing against 20 year olds and 21 year olds. And so did that, did that prepare you pretty well to, to go play for the national program? And then what, what was the biggest difference when you jumped from the NTDP to Boston College? Yeah, I, I think that prepared me a lot. It, it was an eye-opener. You, you know, you're coming from playing AAA hockey to, yeah, like you said, jumping and, and you know, there's 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds, uh, you know, much more mature physically and and kind of, yeah, really, I, I wasn't really, I don't even know if I was ready, but all I, I, I kind of just ran around and tried to hit people and and just, yeah, I was trying to scrap whenever I could and, and, and make a name for myself and, and to let people know that, you know, I'm not going to back down no matter how small or how young I was. So I wanted to make a name for myself there. And, and then after that, you know, I want to put numbers together offensively. So that, that, that makes it pretty, pretty easy, I guess, to go from there then to the national program. And then jumping to Boston College was, yeah, another step to where you, you got to find out who you are within that team. And, maybe that took a little bit and a lot of people you don't really know. I've never really been out East that much. Um, so I wasn't familiar with anything in Boston or, you know, Boston college itself. I wasn't too familiar with, I, I grew up around the OHL. My brother played in the OHL. So I uh, was a huge fan of the OHL and, and pretty close to going. Um, but I'm happy with the decision to go on to Boston college. And just taking it from there. So, and I believe that for the national team development program, you played a lot of colleges. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Before you made that jump, did you guys yeah. play? And so what, what yeah, was that did. like? We, we had a good team. Yeah, we, we, uh, we had a really good team. So we, we beat a lot of colleges. Um, God, I remember we beat Michigan state like six to two or six to one, but yeah, we, we had a really good team. So that's, but you're all in it together at the national program. So there's no nerves. Um, it's not like we had older guys on that team or anything. We're all young kids just, yeah, trying to make names for ourselves and, and, and help each other out and, and win some games. 
And then you all kind of split up and I'm assuming most of you went college hockey route. There might've been a few guys that chose to go to the CHL, but you spent three years at Boston college and then you made the decision to, to jump to the pro game. And so when you did that one, what, what weighed into that decision for you? Just if there's a lot of kids right now at college, you know, wanting to leave at sophomore junior year and what, what went into your decision of leaving early? And then let's just, let's talk about that for a little bit. What was that decision like? It's a, it's a hard decision for, for kids. I know now kids are feeling like they should be rushed into it a bit more than it was back then. Um, back then, not, not a lot of guys left early. And, um, but it's a hard decision. After coming up winning the national championship, I felt that I just, I just did what I wanted to do. I, I kind of always set goals for myself, and I think that's real important for young players to, to know your capabilities. And you don't want to set unrealistic goals uh, – but you want to set goals within reach. That way you have something to strive for. And, you know, being at Boston College for three years, I went to the national championship three years in a row. Um, lost the first two. Who knows if you ever get there again. Um, it was my goal to make sure I, you know, went out and got a national championship win. I wasn't happy with the previous two years of losing. And, and that was a huge goal for me. So I think once I reached that, that was, that was it for me. You know, it's, uh, you know, sometimes when you get goals in life and, you got to check, check them off and move on. And I think that was, that was it for me. Um, I, I just felt in my head, I was ready to go. And you never want to go doubt yourself when you're making the jump, but I felt confident to go, go and make a jump and not only make a jump, make a splash. I wanted to go be who I was, not someone else. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's an important piece of advice for anybody listening is, is that goal setting piece and, and setting those, those, stretch goals but uh, realistic obtainable goals too and then working hard to them and I think that's a good transition into you know when you accomplished that and got that national championship and made that jump to the pros tell us a little bit about that like how did how did the, the world of hockey change for you once you made made up your mind to make that decision and and uh, and like you said went to go try to make a splash in the NHL yeah it's uh, getting out of your comfort zone that's what uh, I think it's real important for kids and it, it was it was one big reason I went to Boston college and I didn't know anybody in Boston. I knew, I didn't know anybody going into that team. Um, I think it's really important to be uncomfortable and you can learn from that and you can grow from that. And, and making the jump from Boston college to, to pro was the same thing. You're, you're making yourself uncomfortable and you know, now how do you deal with that and, and how do you prepare mentally um, for that challenge and, and whatever challenges come because now it's getting to a job. College was fun, but now this is getting the pro. This is this is the job. This is real, real work, and you know, uh, strong men and, and older guys. At that time, I was coming in. I mean, I think normal for you to be 35, 36 back then. Now, now it's changed so much. And if you're that old now, you're very old, <laughs> and and you're trying to be pushed out. But you know, back back then, you're coming into an old group, uh, very wise and. and yeah, you gotta you gotta go in there and make make your own own name again, and 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 get the respect of all the older guys because it's always important when you're coming to a new team for people to respect you and respect what you do. And but on the flip side is you gotta go out and perform and and, and do what you're there for. So let's let's dive into that a little bit. So you 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 say you know that that was the big jump where it really comes into the the job. Like all of a sudden you're a, literally you're a professional now. So what is that? from like a preparation standpoint, whether it's game day prep 
or just during the season, what are some of the things that maybe somebody listening, a coach or a player could take away that, because I found that a lot of people just, they don't know how much actually goes into your day by day operation as, as a pro mm-hmm. athlete. So can you maybe expand upon what, what maybe some of your pregame day routines are or, or some of those things that you do on and off the ice to make sure you're, you're playing at that professional level? Yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit insane. So I don't know if, like if you know anybody who knows knows me, I'm a little crazy when it comes to work. Um, I love it. I cherish it. Uh, never going to stop. Um, so I like to push as hard as I can. And, and the, the mental aspect of it, if I know I push as hard as I can every single day, then I can just go out and play because there's never going to be a doubt in my mind that I didn't put the work in that, that I needed to. And sure, you're going to have some hard stretches, some hard times, hard games, but that's natural and that's always going to happen. No one has the perfect, the perfect season or career. So, you know, it's about adjusting to those things, but yeah, preparation comes in, comes in huge because that, that for me calms me down mentally. You know, I'm, you know, I think every single second of my day is geared towards either recovery, uh, mentally preparing, mentally bettering myself, uh, mentally bettering myself with my family. Cause as you get older, that's, that's real important to have and, and to make sure everything is good there. So I think for me, it's just always preparing. I'm, there's not a, I don't think there's a minute in a day I'm not thinking of how I can prepare for something or how can I get better at this or at that. And I think I'm always thinking, you know, those thoughts. And for me, it's an easy transition because, yeah, then I go out and play. I know some people don't realize what they need to do and, and they're a little bit lost. And I always try to help young guys even coming into the NHL, you know, about finding out who you are, what works, uh, get on a schedule, you know, take care of your body, make sure you're working out, your nutrition's good, um, you know, the sleep, the rest, everything, all, all that comes into play when you're a professional. And, and maybe kids are learning it earlier now than it was back then. But, you know, now that's, you know, most of your job now is how do you recover and prepare? That's, that's the reality of the NHL because it's so physically demanding that you always constantly have to be recovering after and, and thinking about how you can get better. For sure. It's, um, it's interesting to hear you talk like that and just the way you prepare. And it's pretty cool to me. Um, obviously, I love the game of hockey and it's done a ton for me. But when you look at your career, like you've scored goals, like over 60 goals in the NHL, you've, you've played in the NHL for quite a while now. And you, like you've done a lot of cool things. You won a national championship. You, you played in the USHL as a sophomore. And and you also, and one thing I, I want to dive into, like one that's that's just unbelievable that when you think about the people and the kids and the adults that get to do what you're doing, it's it's pretty yep. unbelievable. And for you to you to take the time right now and share with us is is another testament to your character. So we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you talk about the other part of your stuff, when you played for your country and you played for the United States and, and World Juniors and under under 18s. What was that like? And was it different than, you know, playing for playing in the USHL or playing for Honey Baked or playing for BC? Um, what, what was it like to play for your country? I, I, I think that it's a lot different. Uh, and it's funny when you think back and I, and I always like to reflect. Um, reflection is part of who I am. So when, you, when you're playing for Honey Baked, your huge games are probably against Little Caesars and the nerves you're getting for that game, the anxiety, you want to win, you want to perform. And then as you get older, it's, you know, maybe a huge match at the program. And then you get older, it's Boston College versus BU. It's such a big game. Your anxiety levels are up because that game means more. And then you put your USA jersey on 
and you go play in the world stage and you're playing against the Russia, the Canada, Finland, that's, that at the time is it. That's that for that age group, that's the NHL. And that's, you know, this is your time to shine. It's, it's, it's the biggest stage for that age group. And, and it's the, probably the biggest stage that's the jump to the NHL, which we next. So you got to go out and perform. It's the best of the best. And, you know, you're so prideful to wear your Jersey and, and, and to have the USA on there and, and compete with guys who you've been competing against all year and, and to be teammates and to come together and try to win. It's, it's, it's a very special feeling, but it's fun to look at every stage, how each, each stage there's an important game an important match or important tournament that you want to make sure, you know, you have a mark in and, and the world juniors was kind of it for me before, you know, you, you make that jump to the NHL. Yeah, we've we've had the opportunity to talk to a couple of people and they kind of a lot of them have echoed that sentiment where it's just it's just different and it's such a it's such an experience mm-hmm. and, and learning experience but such a, a fantastic experience for themselves too. Uh and is is a nice platform to segue into the NHL. So appreciate you sharing that. Um with that in mind, I'm actually curious about you know, you, you talk about how you're you're crazy with your your training and your the mental side of it. What do you what does your off season look like um as far as skating, training, taking time off? Uh what what does like a your regiment look like in the off season? You know, mm-hmm. early on yeah. and then also right before training camp. Yeah, it's changed a lot from when I was younger. Now uh yeah, now you've had so many surgeries and you're just getting older that you need to be a little bit smarter, um, and which, which that's the stage I'm getting at now. Um, but, geez, when I came in, when I first came in, I was, yeah, I would I would probably take a couple of weeks off of skating. Um, and then I would always go right into two-a-day workouts. Um, you know, I'd probably train within probably, probably around three to four hours a day. And then when I would add skating, it would be, you know, three, four hours a day plus skating. Um, it's a little bit addicted, but I, I loved it. But as I've gotten older now, I've gotten a little bit smarter. I've, I've trained under Ben Prentice out in Connecticut for, I think we were on maybe seven years now. Um, so he, he opened my eyes, you know, huge on how to be a pro and how to take care of yourself and, and which workouts you should be doing and how long you should be working out. So he's helped me a ton there, uh, to dial it down a little bit more, but also be very impactful. So. You know, as I get to camp, I try to ramp up the skating really, really, yeah, really high because, you know, obviously coming to camp with John Tortorella here in Columbus, it's, you know, you're talking a little bit different camp here than, than most people. So, you know, you got to really skate and really prepare for that. So so as August hits, you're really ramping it up to, for me, I'm skating probably five, five, six times a week in August and and maybe the training I'm I'm pulling back a little bit to save myself. So. But I think it's it's important to know each step in each phase. And I was very lucky to to be paired up with a, a guy like Ben Prentice. And he's trained so many NHL athletes. And, and to have the trust in him is huge. For sure. And I know I've heard some stories about your coach and the idea that, that you know, he likes his guys to be conditioned. And it's tough to argue with him when, like, the success that you guys have had this year and in years past and, and in his coaching career – what he does obviously gets his team prepared to play. And so when you think about that and, and preparing and, and different um, advice for youth hockey players, what, what would you mm-hmm. say to them? Just from you being like, 
uh, you're an American kid. You played, you played in the youth hockey, USA hockey program. Uh, you got to play at the national program. What kind of advice would you give to a, a young Nathan Gerby that um, wants to play in the NHL, wants to play in Hockey East? Uh, I would say just believe in it. Believe in it and work. I mean, that's it's so it's so bizarre how far belief and hard work can take you. Uh, not only in hockey, but just just in the world in general. As long as you have a strong belief in yourself and and, and you have the work ethic to match, sky's the limit, in my opinion. And I think when I reflect as my time as going through Honeybake and stuff, I ha- I've always had that belief, and I never really heard the size issue i didn't i didn't really think it was an issue but other people made it an issue so i i think really believing in yourself and for young kids but saying that you got to put the work in there's you know no one's going to give it to you no one's gonna no one's gonna put the work in for you so it's up to each kid to to really put the work in and i think you know just for my career i really stress the kids how much you know work they should be putting in if they want to do it because that's all they can control. You control how hard you work every day and, that, and that's it. You know, so I think it's real important to have that lesson as a young kid. Um, you know, I know a lot of kids maybe like to point fingers and, and, you know, there's reasons why things don't work out, but you know, if you put the work in, you're going to make it work. Uh, you know, they can't look, they can't overlook you for too long and, and just believe in yourself and, and work. I think that's fantastic advice for a young player. And I think, uh, the two parts of that are, so, are they go hand in hand. So key of like one, having the belief, it's just not enough, but, uh, I mean, you're exactly yeah. right. You can believe all day long, but if you don't take the necessary steps to go and, and make strides towards whatever that belief is, then, then you're missing the boat. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fantastic advice for a young player. So, uh, let's switch gears here. What about a youth hockey coach, youth, uh, high school, junior coach that like, what, what kind of advice would you have for a player uh, or for a coach to support a player that's trying to, to, to develop themselves and, and reach higher levels? You know, I think the youth systems maybe a little bit um, are too much systems and X's and O's. And I'm a huge believer of skills and skating. And and I, I know some of the youth programs that I've seen over the last few years, it's, you know, sometimes I wonder, you know, where, where, where it's going with that because, you know, the game is skating and skills. That's, that's first and foremost. You're going to get the you're going to get the X's and O's drilled in you later and it's not going to be fun. But, but, you know, as youth coaches really push the skating and really push the skills and, you know, have development practices, which I'm a huge believer of. Um, And if you have the time, you know, work with kids one-on-one as much as you can. Um, You know, I think that's huge. Uh, I, I was lucky I had my dad pushing me and coaching me when I was younger, uh, whether I liked it or not. It, it was hard work, but he was always a believer on conditioning skills and skating. And you know, it's funny when you fast forward now and like, man, that's what I believe too. And I, and I think, you know, if I was teaching a, a group, I would want them to be a really good skating club and I would want them to be using their skills. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think you're exactly right there with uh, kind of the professionalization of youth sports. Sometimes the winning and losing is becoming such a priority, but the reality is that the game is getting at every level is getting faster and more skilled. Um, I think you're exactly right there. And I think Danny would probably attest to the same thing. I mean, he and I both work with, with players and that's kind of one of the focuses of this podcast is to, is to really help, you know, open some eyes and, and show the importance of yep. that, skill, that skill development and acquisition. Um, with that, I want yep. to stick, stick on the coaching uh, for a minute, Nathan, if 
If you look back in your career, whether it's youth hockey or, or beyond all the steps we've talked about, can you name a coach or two that made a really big impact on your journey and maybe talk a little bit about you know, what that coach did to, to help boost you along in your path? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you reflect back, there's, it's amazing how many people along the way have, you know, helped you in some, some capacity. Uh, and, and it's amazing and, and you appreciate it so much. And, and, and the first guy I think that really helped me out was uh, Lou Schmidt at the time he was the owner of Honey Baked. Um, and he, you know, he got me into Honey Baked and, you know, I, I don't know where I would be without him, to be honest with you. He's been a huge a huge influence in my life since I was a young kid and, and, and he coached our team in and out and, and he was a huge reason why I, I never left honey baked and I've always wanted to stay there and, and win every tournament for him as possible. Um, so I kind of had that, you know, dedication to him. And then as you get older, uh, and I've been very blessed with, with, with a lot of good coaches. I've had, you know, I've had John Cooper at honey baked. I've had, you know, David Quinn at USA, John Hines at USA, so those, all those guys in their own way were really impactful to me. Uh, you know, they're all different, which is great, but at the same time, they're, they're great hockey minds and, and they knew how to push me and, and which direction I should go. But at the time they helped me a little bit with the decision of major junior or college. And I, I remember David Quinn telling me and my dad, he said, uh, if you, if you go to major junior, I'm driving over and killing you and your dad. <laughs> so I think, uh, that was really, really important for me as a young kid to have that influence and that push because I, I didn't really know what to do. I've never been around college at that time. So he's a huge person in my life and, and in my time at the, at the national program. Something that you just kind of, you talked about there. Did you say you had John Cooper as a coach for honey baked? We did. Yeah. He, uh, that was, that was, yeah. He just, just was fresh into coaching. Yeah. And it's funny because he's the exact same way back then as he is now. And, and I've had a real pleasure of watching him go to each level and win and, and get himself to the NHL. It's, it's been so impressive because he was a lawyer before and yeah, he's coaching honey bake and you don't really think uh, too much of that as a kid. And all of a sudden you see him climbing the ladder so fast and, and it's been amazing. Yeah. He's got a pretty amazing story behind his path. I was lucky enough to meet, meet up with him and talk about that once in the past. And it's just amazing how, like you're right, how quickly he climbed up the ladder and, and I think a lot of guys talk about how he's, his style of coaching is, is maybe a little bit different than, than some of the others, but how effective it is. So pretty cool uh, yeah. as a kid to have, have uh, that quality of coaching. Huh? You look back and that's pretty amazing. Yeah. You, you, you look back and you, you're, yeah, you're very blessed to have those people touch your lives and, and to have that relationship carry over. It's fun when I see these guys, when I play against them, if it's, you know, David Quinn or if it's Coops and, or John Hines, he's, uh, he's, he's a bit seri more serious, but uh, it's uh, fun, fun to see these guys and to kind of grow all at the same time and get to the, get to the top league in the world. For sure. And it's, it's always interesting. We've been doing a few of these podcasts now. And when we talk about like what makes coaches great and, and what kind of um, impact they've had on you, it's never like, oh, well, they always did this drill that worked on this. It's always like, well, they believed in me or they they thought I could do this or they they just they cared for me and they're always there for me and um obviously Cooper was like that I know you said that I'm sure he's a lot like that now um was there was there one thing that he did that you can remember that was like yeah that that was awesome and that's why I knew that one day or maybe you didn't but 
maybe you thought like, yeah, you know, this guy can coach not only at the honey bake to the triple A level, but he can coach at, I think he's won at every level besides the NHL. And I think that's just a matter of time before he gets to, to lift the cup. But was there one thing that he did that stood out to you that made him a little bit different than the average coach that you had? Yeah, Coops, uh, I mean, I know he's the same exact now as, as he was back then. He, he had the ability to uh, be able to talk confidence in you. And I think that's so important. Um, you know, when I, when, I, when I think back in coaching and I always try to think, you know, how would I want to do this situation or how would I deal with everyday player-to-player development? And I think so much we, we forget that this game's about confidence and, and sometimes you don't, some coaches overlook coaching confidence and, and, and they look to beat you down sometimes, or they're always pointing out negative things. But, you know, if you, if you can coach, coach a player's confidence, that's huge. Then they're going to play to the capability that there are. And, and Coop's so good at just having a conversation, whether you haven't scored in 10, 15 games, he has the ability to make you feel like, okay, today's the game. I feel good. And, and I'm going to go out and score the goal. Like, like our coach thinks. And, you know, he's always been a great talker and, and a great motivator that way. And, and he's guy, he's a guy who, you know, guys love to play for. You can, you can have a casual conversation with him. It's not just hockey all the time. And, and he's someone you can also challenge a little bit too, which is, which is nice as a player. I think for me, I love, love hockey. I love to talk it. Um, I love to throw ideas. So anytime I can, you know, interact with people like that, then it's really nice because, uh, yeah, it's what I love to do. Well, Nathan, I've got a. I want to kind of wrap this thing up here because I know you got to run to uh, to to meet up with your family, and that kind of leads me into this this last question for you. Um, Two part question: One, uh, where can people find you in general if they want to follow up with you or, or see more about what you've got going on? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. Just yeah, search, search my name. I'm pretty. Uh, I'm trying to get better at it. I'm trying, I'm, I'm being a little more interactive. So yeah, ask me questions. I, you know, I love helping out. I love giving advice, whether, yeah, whether it's about hockey skills, work ethic, or just general life questions. I, I love it. And, uh, and I really enjoy, uh, enjoy helping people. That's awesome. Cause you're, you're at on Instagram, you're at Nathan Gerby seven. So I'd recommend everybody give him a follow, yep. but that leads me to my next question. Yep. There's two things I've been following you for a little while here. And I see two things on your page pretty consistently. One recently is kind of the trick shots and you're starting you know, kind of the insights into you and your garage and playing uh, some scoops and things like that, which is kind of always fun to see. Yep. But uh, you know, the one thing I see on your page is, is it's obvious that you're, you're a huge family man. And I see you interacting with your kids and playing with your kids. And, um, you know, I, Danny's a dad, I'm a dad. We, we, we both kind of are in the same boat. So I, I can appreciate that you're sharing kind of a little bit of insight into your life. And it's very obvious about how much care you care about your family and how much you love playing, uh, with those kids. But what do you think about, uh, with your kids, kids in the hockey world? You play, tell me a little bit about that. How, how do you, how is it, uh, interacting with your kids as, you know, as, as they're getting through things, start putting a stick in the hand. No, it's, it's the best feeling. And, and, and like you said, first and foremost, I'm a family guy. I, I was raised that way. Um, family to me is everything. Um, that's, you know, it's a huge reason why I go out and do what I do and try to work, you know, over a hundred, hundred percent every single day is because my family, I, I want, I want to do whatever I can for them. And, and I, I want to inspire my kids hopefully one day to, to be able to work hard and, and achieve their dreams and whatever it may be. Um, you know, playing hockey, playing this game has never really been about me. It's been about, you know, trying to inspire and, 
and trying to write a story for other people to believe in themselves too. So I think it's, you know, it's awesome when you can do that, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to be the person to push my kids in hockey. They seem to love it already, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I kind of just see where it goes. I, I love playing with them. I love, you know, working on things with them and, you know, if they, they want to play and they want to put the work in, uh, I would love to help out, but I'm never going to push or try to force it on them or, or make them do this or that. And, you know, whatever, whatever they're doing in their life, I just want them a hundred percent committed and, and I want them to believe because, uh, I think if you do that, then you can go places and, and, and you'll achieve, uh, you know, great happiness with, with, uh, fighting through all adversity and, and everything that it takes to get there. For sure. And we, we appreciate you coming on so much. I know it's kind of a weird time with the pause, the NHL, but time is always invaluable. I know you are a big family guy, so we appreciate you taking the time away. Are there any final thoughts or closing thoughts that you wanted to toss in here at the end? No, I, I appreciate it guys. Thank you guys. I, I love, I, I love talking about hockey and I love, you know, I'm trying to interact a bit more and you know, I haven't done that enough in my career. So yeah, I'm hoping to yeah, inspire people and, and to all the kids out there, just, just put the work in and, and believe in yourself. And I think, uh, you know, not only if you don't make it, then you have that, you know, that sturdy background of whatever you're going to do, you're going to work and, and, and whatever you want to do, you got to believe in yourself. So I think it's important for each kid to know that, but yeah, I'm all ears. Write me on Instagram. I'll, yeah, I'll give you whatever advice I have, but I'm pretty, uh, I'm a pretty blunt person. I'm never going to sugarcoat things. And, you know, that's one thing I've, uh, I've cherished doing in my whole life. I, I don't like, uh, you know, beating around the bush. So if any kids, uh, my advice is too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fair warning for everybody out there, right? Well, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great message. So I, I appreciate you spending some time and sharing that with us here. Yeah. Thank, you. Yes. Thank um, you guys. I yeah, appreciate before, it a lot. Thank you. Before you jump off the line, would you mind giving us a let's go? <laughs> let's go. Let's go. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for your time. Yep. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Wow. Huge thanks to Nathan Gerby for coming on the podcast. I mean, I, I, Heater and I can't appreciate it enough. I thought that was awesome. Having a, you know, a guy like him giving his inspirational message, following his path. I mean, we, I can't, I can't mention how much we appreciate it enough. It's awesome having him on the let's go hockey podcast. But with that, let's just jump into the, uh, the three stars of the night. What are the main takeaways Heater? Why don't you get us, get, get us rolling on that? Yeah, there was a ton for this episode. Nathan Gerby, he's he's done it all and he's done it with, you know, the the tools that he has. And and one thing that stuck out to me in the third star of the night uh, was when he talked about Coach John Cooper and he had him back when before Cooper was a professional hockey coach or even a junior hockey coach, and he had him back when he played for the honey baked ham. And he the way he talked about the relationships that he had and how Cooper is still the same guy he he is now coaching in the NHL when he was back coaching in in AAA hockey and and the fact that he could make uh, Gerby feel that hey you know you haven't scored in he said 15 games I highly doubt he went 15 games without scoring a goal but uh, it was the idea that you could be in a slump and Cooper would come in and and tonight's the night hey how you feeling let's let's get excited. Let's, let's enjoy playing the game of hockey. And so the idea of that, the relationship piece from a coaching standpoint is so big. Uh, and that Cooper was able to figure that out at a triple a level is why he obviously is having success at every other level that he's coached at. Um, 
second star of the night was when he just talked about his height. And it's obvious that he's not the tallest player in the NHL. He posted a picture of him and Chara, uh, but he never let his height be a concern. He talked about maybe other people made it a concern, but early in the episode when he talked about jumping into the USHL, I figured he did that because, you know, he wanted to score a bunch of goals. And the first thing that he talked about was, you know, I wanted to scrap. I wanted to mix it up. I wanted to toss around my body. I wanted to make a name for myself that I wasn't just this, this little guy from triple A hockey that I, that I could play. And it was that, that really stuck out to me. And it's why it's uh, our second star of the night is because it's, it's just about overcoming obstacles. And so if you are that player out there, they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm too short or I'm too this or too that. Don't let that be a concern. Let that be something where you make a name for yourself. Try, try different things. Try to throw your body around more. Try to work on your skill more. And so second star of the night, just it's about overcoming obstacles. And, and Gerby's done that since he touched the ice. And so what do we got for first star of the night, coach? Yeah, I agree with you on those two. Those, those are great points that he brought up. The, the, for my first star, though, I'm throwing it to what I thought was a huge takeaway. And it, it's very clear that it's a big piece of how he lives his life and how he trains for hockey and how he plays. And I think that's the, the importance of the combination of belief and hard work. Because without either of them, I think they, they, they don't get you to where you want to be. But I think coupling them together is the key takeaway here. So one, you've got to believe in yourself and set those goals that uh, whether it's playing in the NHL or you know making that A team when you're on the B team or making the AAA or the varsity from the JV, setting that goal for yourself as a player or a coach, um, and then believing in yourself enough to know that you can accomplish that goal. But as he said, you, you know, believing is not just enough by itself. It doesn't just happen because you want it to. You've got to put in the work on and off the ice, um, in the game and out of the game, every shift, every practice, in the off seasons, in the seasons you know, got to put in the work to get better, to make strides towards that goal. And I think that's a huge, huge takeaway, whether you're a, a parent coach or player at any level, you know, from youth hockey to pros and everything in between, that's a huge takeaway. And I think that that's, um, for me, that's my first star of the night. I think that's my biggest takeaway here is, is I think Nathan Gerby exemplifies, uh, you know, a, a very strong belief in himself and his goals and like he said, he's crazy. He, he trains like crazy and he puts in the work to make those goals come, come to be. So that's my first right. star. Um, so a couple of those, those takeaways we just touched on, you know, I think those are going to be, a, there's a couple of good topics from this, uh, this podcast that, that we can take into the quick, quick shift episodes. So, uh, we'll dive those quick shift episodes. Heater and I will dive into some of these specific topics a little bit deeper and really, um, really, really see what we can, what we can find, you know, discussing some of the, the, the topics that we, we touched on today. And so if anybody has any questions uh, about this episode or any other ideas, shoot them to me, shoot them to heater on the uh, let's go or on let's go hockey podcast on Instagram, send us a DM and we'll tackle those issues. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And and one thing I want to touch on before we kind of close this out, I know this is a little, we didn't rehearse this, but um one thing that stuck out to me for Kirby as well is that he talked about his reasoning for leaving college hockey and he had unfinished business because he went to a national championship game freshman, sophomore year, and then he finally won it his junior year. And he did have Mike Hastings uh, in the USHL. And um, that's one thing Hastings would always preach to Minnesota State um, when I was there and that you need to master the level you're at. And 
I think that's so big for kids that are trying to make decisions. Like, yeah, he left college early, but it's because he mastered that level. You know, he, he won a national championship. He was MVP of the frozen four. And so if you can think about it that way, these kids that are like, Oh, should I leave high school early and go to junior hockey? Should I leave youth hockey and go to high school hockey earlier or wherever you live? Uh, should I jump to the 18 U team or, or go to, you know, a Shattuck St. Mary's the best advice. And if you have seen through these interviews is just the idea that you need to master the level you're at. And when you've done that, you'll know you've done that, uh, through championships, through numbers, or if you're a stay at home defenseman, it, there's ways to see if you've mastered it. And, and Gerby did that. And now he's, he's playing in the NHL because he stuck to that type of mentality. And like, like you said, just overcoming those obstacles and that hard work and putting that all together. And so we couldn't thank you enough, uh, Nathan Gerby for coming on, um, check him out on his social channels. He he's getting more and more productive on his Instagram, which is Nathan Gerby seven N A T H A N G E R B E seven. Um, check him out. He's, he's doing a ton on there and he, he's always welcome to connect. So excited to, to continue the relationship with him and, and move forward. So what do you think coach? Good stuff. I love it, man. Love it. Good stuff. I think, uh, I think with that, we wrap it up and what do you say, Heater? You know what I say? Let's go. Let's go. All right, everybody. This is Vinny behind the scenes here at the let's go hockey podcast. Great episode. Thank you so much to Nathan for coming on the show. If you'd like to find him, all of his details and information will be in the description. Make sure you go give him a follow. And finally, we want to make sure we give a big shout out to our sponsors. HockeyWolf.com, mention them earlier, go visit their website, support Hockey Wolf, get yourself some equipment for when the rinks open back up. Finally, Gel Sticks Sports, head over to GelSticks.com right now and check out the best weighted training aids in the game, hockey, lacrosse, and golf. They've got it all. Gel Sticks are two and a half times heavier than standard sticks or shafts, but retain their flex profile so they allow you to train the same way you play. Get the most out of your next training session. They're used by over 75 NHL players, dozens of NCAA teams, and thousands of hockey players around the world just like you. Get your hands on one because right now, Gel Sticks is offering 20% off your order when you use promo code LETSGO. That's L-E-T-S-G-O at checkout. Head over to gelsticks.com, fill up your cart with a bunch of stuff because you know you want it, and then use the promo code to let them know that we sent you. That's G-E-L-S-T-X.com. Like we always say, support them because they support us. Thank you. Thank you to everybody out there listening. We love you guys. The podcast wouldn't be happening if it weren't for you. If you haven't already hit the subscribe button, please do so. Leave us a comment and review. We appreciate it. We love to know you're out there. Hey, share it with your friends. We'd appreciate that too. All right, guys. This has been another great episode of the Let's Go Hockey Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Let's go.